we thank God throughout the month of January and February. The Lord has been doing awesome works in the midst of his people. Hallelujah. You heard the testimony our sister gave. A baby that was said to die by the hand of the Lord is alive. I declare into your life any area in your life that is about to die. As the word of the Lord comes, may you receive life in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to thank God, bless his name, for the privilege to be here to share God's word with you. And also thank God's servant for the privilege given me. I know that the grace that is upon his life will minister unto you through me in the name of Jesus Christ. We are looking at unveiling the mysteries of sanctification. The mysteries of sanctification. Unveiling the mysteries of sanctification. There are two main mysteries among other ones that we preach in the kingdom that is the mystery of iniquity the mystery of sin and the mystery of righteousness or the mystery of godliness in First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7 Paul talks about the mystery of iniquity do it work the mystery of iniquity when we say something is a mystery it is a happening that cannot be explained any happening that cannot be explained is a mystery. So, there is the mystery of iniquity, there is the mystery of sin, and there is the mystery of righteousness. Sin is a mystery. That is why some people don't desire to do evil. But because of the mystery of sin, they do evil and they don't even understand why they do those things. It is a mystery. The Bible said in the life of the priest Joshua, the devil wanted to force filthy garments on Joshua, a priest. So I tell people that don't be happy that you are a preacher. The devil can force the garment of filthiness on you. And there are so many preachers like that who lie, who fornicate. The mystery of iniquity. The mystery of iniquity. It do what work. That is, the, that is why Jesus said that he that thinks that he stands should take heed lest he should fall. The mystery of sin. What will enable you to overcome the mystery of iniquity is a greater mystery that is the mystery of godliness. 
the mystery of righteousness, the mystery of sanctification. It is a mystery. So don't be happy that the kind of holiness you are living is by your mind. It is by the power of the Holy Ghost. The mystery of godliness. He said that he, he shall make us of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. So it is the mystery of godliness that empowers you to say no to sin. This morning we want to look at how do you assess the mystery of godliness. How do you assess? How do you tap into the mystery of godliness? Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Matthew chapter 5 Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Who do hunger and thirst after righteousness they shall be filled. One main way that we assess the mystery of godliness is by your hunger and your thirst and your love for righteousness. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore your God has anointed you above your fellows. Psalm 45 verses 6 and 7. Your hunger and your thirst after righteousness. Whatever you are not hungry for you will not be filled with whatever you are not thirsty for you will not be filled with when you are thirsty for righteousness then god fills you with righteousness when you are hungry for righteousness then god fills you with righteousness it is what you are hungry for that you are filled with by God. And when you are filled with righteousness, you become full of God and you become empty of Satan. When you become full of righteousness, you become empty of sin. The issue is that so many people are not hungry for righteousness. That is why you keep on falling into temptation every day. But when you are filled with God, sin will be far away from you. The attitude of so many people, believers, that we are not hungry and thirsty for righteousness. People do wrong things and there is no soberness of repentance. People sin and no remorse because
no death for righteousness. You are crying. It is not about wishing. Why is it that I am tempted always? How I wish I can be free from this sin. It is not wishing. You need a test and a love for righteousness. Loving righteousness means you hate evil. Joseph said, how can I do this wicked thing? Loving righteousness makes you see evil as wickedness against God. A strong hatred for sin. A strong hatred for iniquity. People in this generation, they have no remorse. People are doing the wrong things. They are told and they are still laughing. Nothing shows that they want to live a righteous life. We are not hungry. One man of God, Openitra, said, You say you want to live a righteous life. You want to overcome fornication. And a young lady is sitting on your lap. You are kissing and you are praying that God lead us not into temptation. What temptation? You are ready. We invite and entertain sin. Entertain, entertain sin. A believer, you are watching unholy movies. Unholy movies. Why won't you fornicate? Why won't you masturbate? Righteousness, passing, and hatred for sin. We do things that arouses our ego for sin. That is why we keep we are we are always tempted all the time. Passion for righteousness, a test and hunger for righteousness. People sin in our days that. I remember those days I was young and my parents they used to have this SU fellowship in Kumasi. There was this brother who committed fornication before he was even caught. He came home to my mother crying, please help me, please help me, pray for me. Not today. People have fornicated, you catch them. And they are still making mouth talking. Please help me. Nowadays, no soberness. What will make you live a righteous life is that you are thirsty and your attitude shows that you love righteousness. I have said. In the first service. That if you hear people do evil. And you are not grieved. You see people commit sin. And you are laughing. You are not grieved. Your spirit is not grieved. Know that your conscience is dying. And very soon you will join them. Whatever you don't reprove. You will soon approve. That is why so many believers have become hardened. No soberness. The believer who is kissing somebody today and did not repent, tomorrow will be fornicating with that person. 
attitude should show that we want to live a righteous life. Sometimes I don't understand. This spirit of Jezebel, this thing that you are rushing for, somebody said, the food that you eat, you don't go and steal it. Go and steal it. This thing about sex that you are, very soon they will be bringing it and you will you, be running away. Your food that you'll be eating every day for the rest of your life. Why do you go and steal what is yours? Very soon they will be, you'll be running away. Ask those who are married. Passing for righteousness. That is what will make God fill you. That is what will make God fill you. So many people do not resist sin with passion. That is why it keeps on coming. It keeps on coming. You are always tempted. Let everyone know where you stay. In your work or place, everyone know where you stand. If they don't know where you stand, whether you are a Christian or whatever, they will keep on tempting you. They will keep on tempting you. Hallelujah. I am not a pastor. I asked madam. My school, they call me the resident pastor. That is what... Let your life speak. I shared the first service. Somebody, some people were trying to do some corrupt things. They mentioned Madame Demille's name. Let's see. Someone said, hey, don't go there or she will spoil the deal for us. You will spoil the deal. Hallelujah. I said, be a spoiler of evil. Be a spoiler of evil. So, let us come to a point where our conscience is very sensitive to evil. Because if not that, very soon you become hardened. Very soon you become hardened. Hallelujah. So I pray that God will give us the grace as we desire to live a holy life. God will enable us and fill us with righteousness. Hallelujah. So your love, your passion for sin, your hunger, your passion for righteousness, your hunger for righteousness, your love for righteousness is what fills you. What fills you. Don't let certain things... You see, the world has become so corrupt that so many believers have joined themselves with the world. That is why they are doing the things the worldly people are doing. Don't join yourself with the world. Depart. Depart from iniquity. Depart from that friend that is always encouraging you to sin and very soon you see that the taste for sin will die. Depart. And when you go the wrong way, they tell you, repent, repent. Don't be heady. A lot of people are heady, even in church. 
they refuse to be appealed to. Nothing changes their mind. Shepherd will say, say no, what I've decided to do, I'll do. They will hear it from the open. They will say, whatever I've decided, I will do. They even use scriptures. Brother, this thing you are doing is wrong. Ah, this woman, you say, having two read. Blessed are thou amongst women. Blessed. They use even scriptures to no remorse. I remember when I was in Kumasi, one, I saw my church leaders taking Lotto. And me, I want, I want you to know that I've seen you. So when he was standing by the kiosk, I was passing by and then I pushed him. And then I moved. Then he was in such... So Sunday we went to church. I went to greet him. Say, say, I saw you. When I know me, I saw you. Say, ah, sir. I saw you. I saw you. I saw you. No remorse. I thought that there would be some kind of shame that my church member saw me, a church leader, taking the to instead of Banukram and That is why evil will keep on tempting you. Hallelujah. But I pray that God will bring us to a point where daily we will love and test for righteousness. If there is one prayer you should pray every day, it should be the prayer for a test and a hunger for righteousness. Hallelujah. What again do I have to do to tap into the mystery of godliness? The mystery of godliness. You tap into it by fulfilling the law. By loving your neighbor as yourself. You tap into it. By fulfilling the law. By loving your neighbor as yourself. The commandments of God are summarized into two. Love God with your heart, with your everything, and then love your neighbor as yourself. There is the spirit of love that the Holy Spirit says abroad in the heart of the believer to enable the believer to love God. In Romans chapter 5 verse 5. Then also 1 John chapter 4 verses 12 to 13. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. 1 John chapter 4 verse 12 to 13. Then chapter 3 verse 23 to 24. The spirit of love. That spirit empowers your choice to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. It is the spirit of obedience. When that spirit is shared abroad in your heart, God gives you another heart, another spirit. 
that enables you to love, that enables you to obey God. Jesus said, if you say you love me and you don't love your brother, you are a liar. That mean that you can't see, you say you love. Your brother that you see, you don't love. Then how dwelleth the love of God in you? So many times the sins that we commit, if we will pause and think and let the love for our neighbor work in our heart, we will not commit those sins. You read the Ten Commandments, only two talks about your love for God. All the other things are sins that you are not supposed to do against your neighbor. Touch not your neighbor's wife. Do not steal. Do not kill. Do not do that. Do not touch what is your neighbor's if we will let the, the, the love for our neighbor fill our heart, you put yourself in the person's shoe. So many times, the things that we will do, we do, we will not do them. It's because we have come to a point that we are selfish. We are self-centered. Today, a believer will fall and another believer is happy. It's happy. So no no so powerful. And people are smiling. People are celebrating that a general has fallen. No love. Two people are in church, they are not talking. And you are dancing. Dancing. God is not impressed with your dancing. Do not touch. You are taking money. That belongs to people. Government money. And you are using it to drink wine. Wine. And you are, you are not sorry. You are, you are smiling. A lot of the things that we do. It is because most of the evil. The love of our neighbor is not in our heart. If you will always think about your neighbor, the things we do against them, if you love your neighbor, you will not think evil of your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, you will not harbor bitterness, unforgiveness against your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, that little girl you are using as your office wife, if that girl is your child, will you be happy? We don't think and let the love of our neighbor rule in our heart. That is, that is the reason why sin is abounding in the church. Let the love of our neighbor be rooted in our heart. If we will let that thing always prevail over our selfish interest, 
You see, that sin will be very far away from you. I said in the first service, I heard a believer. You see, he said, I'm praying for you. Fellow believer is in trouble, problem. I'm praying for you. Oh, we are praying for you. And went behind the believer. Said, Me. When we were advising him, he was not listening. Why should I waste my time pray for him? No love, no love, no love. We have to come to a point where we love our neighbor. These are the two strong things this morning God wants to share with us. That let the love of your neighbor be rooted in your heart. Everything Wednesday we had. Anything you are doing, pause and think. Whatever issue you are doing, think about the effect on your neighbor. Think, think, think. If I were the person that they did this to me, would I have been happy? If no, don't do it. Don't do it. Hallelujah. I pray that we will all come to a point where God's love will be shared abroad in our heart as we love our neighbors, as we embrace them with joy. When you see your neighbor going up, pray for him. Pray for him. When you see a man of God drifting away from the faith, pray for him. Don't be happy. Don't be smiling. Archbishop Duncan Williams said, anyone you criticize that you have not prayed for, very soon you will face with that same challenge. Whatever you are criticizing, watch. Very soon that temptation will be coming back to you. And see how you'll be able to deal with it. When you see somebody going away, talk to him. Call him brotherly love. Talk to him in love. Talk to him. Pray for the person. For the person's establishment. Hallelujah. That is what has happened. And so many people have been hardened in sin. And they are no more in church. Even if they are in church, they are doing worse things. Because we are not praying for them. We are not talk, talking to them. We are not showing care. We are not helping them to come back on their feet. Hallelujah. So let the love of our brother. I pray that we we'll go back to where is thy brother. Hallelujah. Where is thy brother? God asks. Okay, where is thy brother? If a brother is around you and is falling, be praying for that person. Hallelujah. What are the blessings in in sanctification?
lessons in sanctification. One blessing that we enjoy is the anointing for protection. The anointing for protection. In First Peter chapter 1, verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. He said, Who are kept by the power of God. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time we are kept by the power of God and when the day of Pentecost came and Peter preached and the people were remorse and wanted to change they asked Peter how can we tap into the gift of the Holy Ghost and he said repent and you shall receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the scripture says that the Spirit of God is the power of God. So, when we repent, when we stay in sanctification, God's Spirit comes upon us. And what that anointing does is that it keeps you from every evil. We are kept by the power of God. So anytime you are anointed, one thing that you receive is anointing for protection. Anointing for protection. That is why in Psalm 105 verses 15 Psalm 105 verses 15 14 says that he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not my anointed, and do my prophet no harm. The anointing makes you a touch not. The anointing makes you a touch not. That you are protected. And one way to tap into the anointing is by repentance. Living a life of holiness. Separation unto God is what makes God put a hedge around you. In the book of Job, the devil confessed, he said the truth for the first time. Is it not you who have placed a hedge around Job? And you read on in Job chapter 1. The Bible said Job was a righteous man. He feared God. He eschewed evil. When you eschew evil and you fear God. God set a hedge of protection around you. The devil has no right to touch you. Except you touch what belongs to the devil. 1 John chapter 5 verse 18. He that keepeth himself, the evil one toucheth him not. He that keepeth himself. The last part. 
First Peter chapter 5. Sorry, first John chapter five verse eighteen. First John chapter five verse eighteen. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touched him not. The wicked one touched him not. When you are in holiness. You enjoy of the blessings of protection. The wicked one touched him not. Please. If there is anything of the devil in your home, in your life, throw them away. The only condition that will enable the devil to touch you is when you keep what belongs to the devil. The wicked one touched him not. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 13. First Peter chapter 3 verse 13. He said, Who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? That which is good. Hallelujah. Let's write these scriptures down for the sake of time. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 4. Says righteousness delivered from evil. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 8. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 21, 28. Proverbs 14, verse 19. And then Psalm 18, verse 19 to 20. So what will keep you from the arrows of the devil is your righteousness. Let your hands be clean. Let your life be clean. Righteousness attracts the reward of protection. Hallelujah. Don't be, uh, if you are in business, don't be duping people. God did not promise you that he will bless you by stealing. What protects people is their righteousness. I have never seen this. A pig. Chasing after a lion. It has never happened. The Bible said, The righteous is as bold as a lion. Everyone that stays in righteousness, the Bible compares you to a lion. And Jesus called devils pigs. So if a pig is chasing you, a lion, there is a question mark on your life. The lion is as bold, bold. You secure protection. Protect. It makes righteousness emboldens your life. It makes you courageous. It makes you confident. There is no courageous sinner. 
there is no courageous sinner. Quite remember in school, I, one girl passed by me and then I had the witness, this girl is doing evil. I called her, hey, you are a lesbian. He said, no. If you I will slap you as... Say, say, I beg, I will say the truth. There is no bold sinner, no matter who the person is. So, one blessing is protection. Protect, you are protected from evil. If you are living righteously, there is no way pigs will be following and chasing after you as a lion. Hallelujah. I pray if there are saints in our lives, we need to come to a place of repentance. Including everyone. Whether you are a worker or a leader, set your heart. Because I always say that I don't want to come to a point where people who know me as a church worker and God does not know me as a child. People may know you as a church worker, a church leader, and God doesn't know you as a child. I want to make heaven. Set your heart. Set your heart. Somebody is saying, now don't fornicate. I don't... What about backbiting? What about that evil talks you have been doing? Set your heart. Repent. Hallelujah. And as we do that, we have a covering of God. We have the protection of God. I pray in the name of Jesus, by your righteousness, no devil will be able to touch you in the name of Jesus Christ. You remain attached not in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Shall we please be on our feet?